0: Rest in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. I'm gonna ask you this out there, Christian America.
2: It's time for pass the salt with a Coach Dave Well,
0: I hope all of you survived tax day. We were just talking about that before before we went live here this morning. You know, can you guys think of can you think of any other system where uh, you have to tell? Do you guys mow? Have somebody come and mow your yard? And when they're done, you, they, no, do you tell them what you're going to pay them? Or do they tell you what you owe? So in other words, the IRS makes you tell them what you owe. It's the craziest thing. It's like, I'd like the situation where I go to Kroger's and I get to tell Kroger's what I owe. The, the the, The point is the Internal Revenue Service wouldn't have any idea how much money you made if you didn't tell them. You get it? <clears throat> well, I'm not going to get into that whole system. It's tax day yesterday, and uh, I'm sure you all got the lighter pockets this morning than than you did yesterday. Um, uh, man, I gotta, I, I was sitting around this morning getting our show ready to roll, and I keep thinking, I said, I gotta just talk about this, I gotta talk about this, and then I get confused with the Brideon show because I said, Well, did I talk about that already on Brideon? Did I do? and so I I don't want to be repetitious here today. So if, if I, I give two repetitions to you, punch me in the mouth and, and we'll move on. I did speak to Roger Weaver yesterday as far as uh, the importance of trusts. You guys say, what are you talking about? Well, in the after show, we got in a little bit to uh, the trusts rather than, you know, some of us getting older and we're going to uh, die here in the next 30 years or so. How do you leave your money so it isn't all eaten by the government and, the, you know, the uh, Somebody to go to nursing care, or whatever, yada yada yada, and so people know how to how to protect their money. I was talking to Roger about that uh, yesterday, and we're uh, we're going to get a we'll get a show going here on that. I was surprised actually by uh, how many people were interested in that kind of thing. So we're we're going to get after that thing today. Before we do, I got a couple things I got to jump into. Yeah, 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 I feel I'm pushing I'm pushing back on what I want to talk about. Here's what we're going to talk about today. Okay, so I'll give you a heads up. Then we're going to get Mel in here, and then we're going to get. Uh, 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 Rob Pugh in here, but here's it here's our theme today. Okay, our theme today is this: what are the works of the devil, and what do we do about it? I time out, man. If Christians knew those two things, do you think we'd be in the mess we're in? If the church actually taught us what the works of the devil were, and what we're supposed to do about it, we wouldn't be nearly in the mess that we're in today. But we don't know that, right? Because evil men have crept in unawares. They've changed the truth of God into a lie and worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. What does that mean? Well, when you worship and serve the creature, you go to church and you hear about things that impact you and make you feel better and make a better economy and a happier life. And see, you worship and serving you rather than the creator. And what we ought to be doing when we go to church is we ought to be Every hearing every day what it is the Lord would have us to do to expand his kingdom, but that's not what the church is about. The church is teaching you everything you can do to hide from the devil and be safe and healthy wealthy and wise we've got it exactly backwards i'll shut up here in a minute so um mel's got a mel's got a an activity we're going to do at the Liberty action network you know it's it's satan's the, the Satanists are out in the open friends they're out in the open they ain't even hiding it anymore. Super Bowl halftime shows, uh, uh, popular music—it's everywhere you look. And now they're having an open day. Not making it up. <laughs> they're all getting together and having an open prayer to Satan. Go ahead, Mel. Talk to us a little bit about this.
1: Yeah, they never stop, do they? But yeah. um, hey, we are—we are taking action. And um, Spencer, if you can just kind of start scrolling yeah. down on that, you talk about the creature while. You know, we've got our flesh, which is the part of us that's a creature, but this is the creature that they worship. So um, we're taking the field against Satan Khan, having no fellowship with darkness. And so, you know, all these people that are, you know, going to be attending. Well, the question might be, what is it? So this is a gathering of of people that in, in many different cities, not just Boston, but this particular one is happening in Boston at the Marriott Copley Center, you know, that I mean, Marriott taking that on, that's a big risk to them, too. So, I mean, part of our um, action could be against Marriott as well. But if you want a little bit more information, there's links as to what, what it actually is. But the Liberty Action Network is working with the Maryland Salt and Light Brigade, Coach Dave Live, and Intercessors for America to create an action to intercede on the unfruitful works of darkness in this event. We serve and acknowledge the Most High God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob who indwells human flesh through his precious and beloved son, Jesus of Nazareth, who died on the cross and rose again on the third day and sits at the right hand of the Father. So what's our action? The first thing that we're going to be doing... Hang uh, on a second. Hang on a second, Mel. So folks, this weekend
0: in Boston, they're having Satan con literally an open worship of the devil. So we're going to counteract that, particularly on Saturday. Go ahead, Mel.
1: Yeah. So actually it is April 28th to the 30th. So we've got a couple of weeks I'm head sorry, start yeah. on this. So it's not this weekend. It, I believe it's the following weekend, yes, It is. but, um, but anyway, mm-hmm. we're excited to be, you know, what we're going to do leading up to the event is um, we're going to be calling for everybody to do virtual staking. So, you know, the Google maps location is there. You can print out, a paper of where that is and um, do the virtual staking. For those of you who aren't familiar with that, we, we learned that from Steve Hemphill at Active Faith that you can actually remote stake, um, print out the picture, and then put stakes around the four corners of the of the map. Um, the, the second thing that we're going to do, um, coaches agreed to host a, um, a prayer hour um, on Saturday on the 29th of that weekend, so right in the middle. More information is going to be coming out on that. And then um the Maryland Salt and Light Brigade, um, it really he was Craig is going to be joining, um, he really kind of helped to, to get this ball rolling. And so we've got some Bible references that that we have there in a in a link that you can click on. And then again, we're working with Kimberly Brown and Intercessors for America. They they were on this too, so they've got a prayer guide that you can click on and, and get to there. So um, we hope that many of you will join us on this and share it out. Um, you know, when we did the healing of the water. We had over 900 people that joined us in that effort. So, um, you, you sharing it out is is really important. So, Spencer, I'll probably be talking to you to see if we might be able to um, put together a really nice, um, you know, picture that we can share out on social media. I'll be talking to you about that. But, um, right. Craig, do you have anything else to say about this action?
0: I do. Right. Before I, before Craig jumps in here, Mel, there was some confusion on my on my end. I think we should pray this Saturday. I think we should pray before it starts rather than, rather than we can do we can do prayer on the 29th so I don't we can do that as well but I okay. think we need I think we need to get out in front of this and so in my in my uh plans of this I think we ought to have a prayer gathering this Saturday night That sounds good. And then we can do another one next Saturday the next Saturday if we want to but there's Great. no no reason that we should be praying certainly we should be praying in the midst of it but man we can't let them get this get their own stakes pounded in the ground before we begin to fight back against it. So that would be the only change I would offer. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. Go ahead, go ahead, Craig. I'm sorry.
3: Well, no, this is, this is a strategy session um, and we have some of the speakers that are listed there. So we're going to we're going to post some of this information about them and what they're trying to do. Uh, one of them's name, I believe, is called uh, Ash. and. Uh, there's a transgender who was a female. Who's by the way, hey, by trans- the way,
0: folks, transgenderism is of the devil. It is of the devil. Maybe I'll talk more about that later on. In a later. <laughs> well, well,
3: yeah. Uh, if you if you want to take something to uh, refute where transgenderism comes from, you can look at the speaker here, who was. Uh, ended up having a, uh, a baby, but was a male transitioning during a time. That's one of their speakers there. They have people from colleges who run uh, parts of their uh, programs in there that are directors in colleges, and, and they're speaking at this, right? So, so you got the Luciferians in the colleges and stuff. So we need to be aware of who these people are, expose them. And so that's part of what we're going to do. We're going to write up a little bit about who these speakers are so people can be aware of what's going on. Because you're seeing this transcend. This is their strategy. These are richer wolves. These have a power in the in this in the uh, heavenlies, and we need to come against it.
0: Amen. Amen. Get out in front of it. So it's gonna be Saturday, this Saturday night at seven mil. From 7 okay. 8 to this Saturday to we'll, Saturday. We'll we'll do that. Yes, great. Go. Thank you so much. So the plan's still developing, folks, but uh we're at work, we're at work. The devil's out in the open. Anybody else regarding that uh Regarding this topic, I'm going to get Rob Pugh in here real quick. <clears throat> Come on in, Rob. Talk a little bit. Uh, w- speak with us. Talk whatever. Inform us. Update us on exactly how the weekend went. Rob was sick yesterday. Evidently, he's had a miraculous healing here today.
4: Come on um, in, Rob. Hey, thanks, Coach. Sure. Yeah, I was I was death warmed over yesterday morning. I, I just uh, we, Lisa and I went to bed about four <laughs> thirty. Yeah. <laughs> on uh what was it i sunday night and uh i got up at 5 on uh on, on monday yesterday and uh, j- i just couldn't do it but i did drag my butt out of bed and, and and got on the road and continued my delivery route through the worst horrendous uh snowstorm you've ever seen i mean there were probably 150 cars in the ditch Drove 300 miles trying to get my papers out to the news racks, and one place was open. Everything else was snowed under and closed. So I went home, worked in the office, and anyway, so that's why I wasn't here yesterday. But I gotta say, thank you to all the people on the Past the Assault team because that that prayed for this event. This was the best event we've ever done. It was. Uh, you know, and, and especially you and Michelle, uh, coming up and, and I, you know, I always look at our lineup of speakers and I think, you know, you know, I try to figure out, you know, now who could we have done without, you know, not that they weren't good, but who could we have done what we couldn't have done without any of our speakers. We had yeah, the you, best, yep, best the right lineup guys, yep. and they were every, each and every one of them were anointed and I don't use that word lightly. They were, they were anointed speakers. Um, but you know, I got a lot of a lot of good comments while we were there at the event, but Sunday my phone was lighting up every two minutes. Some of those messages were coming overlapping each other. Just people and, and the general consensus was this was the most spiritually refreshing and edifying event they had ever been to. So and then yesterday the phone call started while I was driving. <laughs> and, And another 50 phone calls and just people, I mean, some of these people were in tears. They hadn't been anything like this ever, but, um, it it was great. Um, we had, we had one guy come from, uh, southernmost border of Arizona, you know, right at right at Mexico, drove all the way up here for it. Uh, we had, we had friends from South Dakota come supporters of our ministry, um, people from, um all over the place we had Chad came up from Texas um we had one guy uh who's an airline pilot lives in Paris France but he arranged his schedule so he could be at our event um and you know he just so so thankful to be there so but um excuse me I had to get a drink and then um you know after the event we had people over at the house and um I I was sitting there by you and I I looked over and I saw the biggest smile on Lisa's face that I've ever seen. And, you know, that's her thing, hospitality, but she was just in her element and uh, just so good to be around like-minded people. The, you know, the information was good, but the, the fellowship was, was, was so wonderful. And, and the, um, you know, we did the old hymns, Um, we didn't do the, the modern contemporary Christian music and, and we did the old hymns in between sets and, and people just loved it. I mean, they just, they just, they just loved it. So it was good, a lot of fruit. And, um, you know, I told you at the last one we did, we did these for over 20 years and I told you in 2020, I think I took you aside and said, you know, this is the last, last one I'm doing. I'm, I'm worn out. And uh, I did not want to do this, but I was having a conversation with Sharam Hadi back in November on my show. And, and the idea came up and then, and then God started working on me. He said, you got to do it. So I learned Amen. long ago, you don't fight him on this stuff. You just, you just do what he says. Amen. <laughs>
0: Amen. Amen. And,
4: you know, I'm so glad he yeah. did. You know, I'm just I'm so glad we did because yeah. it, uh, it blessed a million people. And, we came out after i did the books on this you know it's always you know i hate to charge tickets first time we ever charged tickets for for anything and um but we had to i mean it's it's the way it's the way way it is so i'm doing the books and i we came out within three hundred dollars of breaking even on this and we would have come out exactly even had i not bought two hotel rooms uh for for two different people um one was going to drive three hours back friday night and then three hours back saturday morning because they couldn't afford the room another guy was going to sleep in his truck in the hotel parking lot so we went and got him tickets and they were so incredibly touched by that that somebody would do that for them and and you know it was everybody was blessed all the way around so
0: amen amen you know. it, was a, it was a great event, Rob, and we were proud to be part of it. And uh, it's going to be a lot of fruit from that. I keep seeing, uh, I'm, I'm watching as the as the texts are flying up in here. Mike Muscovitz, we baptized Mike. We baptized him on Saturday. He's in here this. He's in here this morning, right?
4: Yeah, we had we had actually eight baptisms. I think you said yesterday six, but there was actually eight. I think you forgot about the husband and wife. We had like a.
0: Yeah, that, I don't know if
4: they're right. I don't know if they're listening, so I don't want to call them elderly, but they were older folks, they were <laughs> and they got they got baptized together, husband and wife. So that was that was really cool.
0: That's okay, Rob. I'm an elder, elderly folk too, you know. So it's kind of, kind of the way that it goes. So. But uh, uh, well, I, I want to do a I want to do a show on on baptism. Not today, uh, folks. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, we we miss it. I really believe we miss it, and I I don't think we teach it. Uh, It's one of the foundational principles. Jesus said, repent and be baptized. And uh, most people, I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad, okay? Most people were baptized when they were 12 or 13 years old or had their first communion or whatever. And uh, I don't know about you. I've I've been baptized. uh, I got baptized two more times. And each time I did it, it was more significant to me. It's not like going into the shower and each time you come out cleaner. But it—it's it, an obedience, right? And every time they have an opportunity to die to my old self, man, what an opportunity to go into the water and identify. I'm, that, I'm, boy, that habit, boom, I, that thing's gone. I'm dying to that thing, right? And I don't—I don't think we—we're going to do some baptisms at Sky High this uh, this summer as well.
4: So yeah, because nice. you're going to have the pond there. So, yeah, well, uh, <laughs> boy, you're speaking I'm in a, faith. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, you got it. You step out, you step out in faith, and and God does the work, you know. So, I know, I know. um, be- before I go, I'm on the road here. I'm gonna I'm gonna cut my mic off in a minute, but I I also wanna um, acknowledge the Allisons, mm. who came from uh, just you know north of Detroit. i want to tell you that's a long haul. I mean, yeah, Mexico is a long haul too, and so is Paris. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, the Allisons are uh, wonderful yeah. people. They they came. You know that that's that's, that's got to be a fifteen-hour drive for him. So, and
0: I I felt bad, but I didn't get the chance to get Dave Allison together with uh, Leighton Howard and more, let them play some music together because Dave's Dave's brilliant in what he does, and Leighton's brilliant in what he does. But
4: uh. well, you know, Leight, Leighton <laughs> came up. Leighton came up just to visit us, and and because uh, he you know he drove from Montana, Imagine. and uh, his 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 whole thing was. You know, he had such a pull on his spirit that he knew he had to be there. He didn't know why, um, but he—he—you he, know—God was telling me he had to be there, and he was incredibly blessed by the whole thing. Amen. Amen. He, said, Amen. Uh, he said, he said, he—he told me, you know, I needed this man. He said, this—this yeah. this is something that um, we don't get, and I—I—and I—I myself didn't realize how badly I needed that fellowship with like-minded people. It's Amen. been so long. And, and to be around people like that and and to hear those, not not only just hear the speakers, get the information, but but the fellowship, you know, yeah. and, and the friendships. So anyway, he didn't Amen. come up to play. He wasn't on the schedule to play, but I talked him into playing.
0: <laughs> I'm glad <laughs> so. you did. So, Rob, I'm going to play right now. Spencer, I just sent it to you. Uh, Leighton Harrington did a song called Holy Place. And, okay. uh, and I'm going uh, thanks Rob for all, for all you do. And I'm, I'm going okay. to some of you maybe don't even know who Layton Howerton is, but, uh, Layton
4: is a, Layton is a nationally record national recording artist. Um, he had number one hits in the 1990s. And then, uh, his wife of 38 years passed away of cancer. And, and he, he took quite a bit of time off, but he's coming back. He's got to deal with, uh, Apple records and in the works. And, and so, Watch. So he tells he tells, you, he, he you tells can use, stories. Go ahead. Yeah, he he does stories too, but yeah. you can uh for people that don't know him, uh just go to YouTube. You can get a lot of his stuff there and uh check him out. You're gonna love the man. So and I'm gonna I am to i got to tell you he's he's the best he's the best friend I've ever had. And uh yeah. so yeah. anyway, I'm I'm tuning. I'm I'm still listening. I'm turning okay. my mic off. Okay. Right, see you. Thanks, thanks. thanks, Rob. God so
0: This is Leighton does. Uh, Leighton tells tells stories in his songs. I mean, it's really real, it's almost like we used to know folk music. And uh, somebody sent me, I think it's Dave Allison, maybe sent this. And the idea, look, listen, here's the theme before I play this I don't just don't want you to think I'm playing music. Okay, look, hey, folks, we got to get Christianity out of the church. (laughs) Okay, we got to get Christianity out of the church. And, that, and that's basically the theme behind this and called a holy place. And you you look back over your life. As I look back over my life, some of the most spiritual moments I've ever had in my life weren't in a church. They weren't in a church. And, and we all want to, uh, whatever reason we go to church for what, what purpose do we go to church? Well, oh, I don't know. Duty probably most I'll be honest with it. And church has lost that boom that it used to have. So, Leighton's, this song called Holy Place, just talks about uh, several places in his life that his life is marked by something that happened at that spot, and that has become a holy place to him. In other words, he'll never forget what happened at that place. He'll never forget what that became a holy place. So this is Leighton Howerton, Holy Place.
2: You see that old Sunoco Man, that's a holy place That's where I smoked my first Marlboro Where Daddy pulled up and caught me With conviction on my face Now I didn't take an altar To receive a love offering Between the wiper blade of refills And the pull-em-out pop machine He showed me grace Oh, how he showed me grace So man, that's a cathedral That ain't no roadside filler up I swear I heard the sweet voice of Jesus In front of my dad's pickup truck Man, that's a sweet spot That's a sweet spot in the road That's where I found grace And it's a holy place You see that old Dodge demon Man, that's a holy place where I learn is more to women than just getting to second base. And with the gas gauge on me, she leaned over towards me. With the stick shift between us in front of that dashboard, Jesus, she kissed my face. Oh, how she kissed my face So, man, that's a cathedral That ain't no roadside, no hotel. That's where I heard the sweet voice of Jesus Where my wife whispered, yes, I will Man, that's a sweet spot That's a sweet spot in the road That's where I found grace And it's a whole. Like dirt underneath the tie swing From a Barrett in of shoes Like handprints in the cement A day 1962 That's a sweet spot That's a real sweet spot Life's a cathedral That's where we're standing right now it's where you hear the sweet voice of Jesus Telling you you'll make it somehow Man, it's a sweet spot It's the sweet spot in the road Wherever you find grace It's a holy place It's a holy place
0: It's a holy place. Wow, huh? Wow. Because Christianity is where you are. Christianity is every walk of your day or every day of your walk. It's where you find grace. It's where you don't think you're going to be able to pay tomorrow's bill and all of a sudden a check shows up in the mail. It's a holy place. And unfortunately, we've made church and Christianity a place you go, rather than something you are, something you live, something you do. And there's an old line that uh, Woody Hayes, the great football coach, I don't know what kind of, I don't know what kind of Christian man he was. I mean, I believe, I, you know, I believe he publicly was a Christian, right? But uh, I'll never forget what Woody Hayes said at one of the football clinics I was at. He said, "If you want to advance in life, you have to pay forward." I'm going to let that sink in a little bit. You got to pay forward. He says the culture and the society teaches us to pay back. He says you got it it wrong. You pay forward. I never forgot that. I never forgot that. Because it's the same as planting, sowing and reaping. Plant forward. For what you're going to walk into, the grace and the mercy of God will be available if you pay forward. And as uh, you guys have heard me say the 23rd Psalm says goodness and mercy follow you will follow you all the days of your life if you pay forward it follows you. And when you get to that point where you don't think you can go anymore it shows up. You got to pay forward. Got to pay forward. You got to quit thinking what's in this for me? What's in this for me? And understand that you and I are often the answer to someone else's prayer. If you just pray forward Sometimes it's a phone call. Sometimes it's a letter. Sometimes it's a $100 bill. Sometimes it's a $1,000 check. Sometimes it's a tank of gas. Sometimes you don't know what it is. Sometimes it's a hamburger. You pay forward. And see, we're taught in church to tithe duty, like uh, God's charging us rent, right? I get an electric bill and I get a tithe bill. And I don't know where you are with tithing. And I, you know, it doesn't really matter. You got to settle that in your own heart, right? you got to settle it in your own heart. Uh, me, I don't know why I would continue to uh, pay dues to a church that doesn't do anything except self-consumment. The church doesn't even pay forward. Somebody say amen. You don't have to. Anybody know what I'm talking to? Huh? Yeah, pay forward. Pay forward. Amen. Pay where there's a need so that your need will be met. That's called grace. It's grace. His grace is sufficient. Oh, I got $10 hanging in my pocket. Here, here, you probably need it more than me. Pay forward. Okay, I'm off. I don't know how I got on that. I hadn't planned to get on that. But I'm telling you, that that's at that's at the heart. That's at the heart of Christianity, folks. Pay forward. Jesus Christ paid forward. <laughs> he didn't pay back. Paid forward. And we would all do better. We would all do well. And all you have to do, I think, is uh All you have to do is listen to the Holy Spirit. The prompting of the Holy Spirit. And do what the Holy Spirit calls you to do. Come on in, Myra. Got some tears running down my eyes.
1: Yes, Coach. In regard to pay forward, uh, Philippians 3, 14, 15, I press toward the mark for the price of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Let us therefore as many as be perfect, be thus minded, and be if anything, g be otherwise minded. God shall reveal even this unto you. Hallelujah.
0: Amen. Learn to trust the Holy Spirit. Learn the Bible says that to obey is better than to sacrifice. Right? To obey. The Bible says, "My sheep hear my voice." It tells us that in First John ten. Thief cometh with the kill and the steal and to destroy. And I come, you might have life and have it more abundantly. You have to be careful what voice you're hearing. Do not be guilted into giving. Don't do it through guilt. Don't do it that guilt is nothing more than a form of fear. Don't be guilted by anybody into giving. If you don't have a heart to give, then don't give. Don't, don't give. But if the Lord prompts you to give, I'm not talking about past assault. If the Lord, if the Lord prompts you to give to a neighbor, or give to a friend, or give to a child, if the Lord does that, that's paying forward. Because the time will come when you're going to need it, and you have already put some money in the bank. You, I, anybody getting it? Getting what I'm saying? And you have to learn to hear that. You're most like, you most like Christ when you give. You're most like Christ. Okay, so here we go, man. That's that's good. That's good. 31 after. What are the works of the devil? What are the works of the devil? Pull up number one there. Pull up for me, John. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world doesn't know us because it didn't know him. And beloved, we are now, we now are, now are we the sons of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we're going to be like him. For we're going to see him as he is. Because why? He's paid forward. <laughs> he legally owns you, by the way. He, your life's not yours anymore. He, he owns you now. Huh? Oh, yeah. And every man that has this hope in him cleans himself. Cleans it up. Why? Even as he is pure. And whosoever committed sin to grant this to the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. And we know that he was manifested. God showed up to take away his sins. In him, there is no sin. Whoever abides in him doesn't sin. And whoever sinneth, you haven't seen him. Hmm? Neither do you know him. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteous is righteous, even as he is righteous. And he that committeth sin is of the devil. So the devil sinneth from the beginning. And for this purpose, God showed up that he might destroy the works of the devil. And I thought, uh, as I was reading this this morning, kind of the theme of the show, what are the works of the devil? Do we even know what that means? The works of the devil. Well, we immediately go to John 3. John chapter 3. I don't, I don't know if you have that there. Yeah, we do. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and what? We know that the thief is cometh but to kill and to steal and to destroy. Him. Uh, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly, right? And, and so we, we want, uh, as I said the other day, I did the, we did the talk about um, the whole idea that the hireling pastor is the thief, right? The hireling pastor is a thief. However, the works of the devil show up in the hireling pastor or in the hire, whoever, phony Christian, whatever. So what are the works of the devil? Remember, we've been talking for about, I don't know, a couple, three weeks. Lies, deceptions, and fear. Oh, my. Lies, deceptions, and fear. Oh, my. Lies, deceptions, and fear. Oh, my. And I i, I did some research this morning. Uh, huh. What are the works of the devil? And you know what? You could, you could go to a lot of different websites and dig up a lot of different stuff. But the truth is, at the end of the day, it comes down to three things. I wrote them down. Hmm. Lie, deception, and destruction. Lies, deception for destruction. Lies and deception for destruction. That, that, that's it. That's really, you think about the devil, that's all he can do. Lies, deception, and destruction. So think about the in your own home where you, where you live, your family, your environment, What would America be like? What would your family be like if there were no lies and deception? Just those two things. And so the enemy doesn't have to do anything. The works of the devil are manifest in the fact that he is what? What does the Bible call him? He is the father of lies. He is a liar, the father of them, and there is no truth in him. So as we sit here today on the 18th day of April two thousand and twenty three. What would happen if all of a sudden people stopped lying? It's pretty profound, isn't it? Think of the destructive nature of lies. Um, well, they could. I, I mean, the, a lot of times we, most times we lie to, to, uh, to defend ourselves or protect ourselves. But the purpose of, of lies and deception is to draw you away from the truth. And if the the devil, if that dark force, the devil, can get you from obeying the truth, he's on his way to victory. If he can get you to believe lies, he is on his way to victory. So when Jesus showed up, the devil is a liar and the father of lies. When Jesus showed up, he showed up as the truth. Isn't that amazing? That the way he defeated the devil is he showed up as the truth. So the truth, all the devil can do is lie, deception, and destroy. Lies, deception, and tr- Fear, he casts fear. It's one of his weapons. But to understand that the whole idea of evil and the devil is to destroy you. Destroy, Boom. Destroy any peace and joy and happiness and effectiveness that you might have. That is. Is it? It's all the devil has. So I said, Well, Lord, you, works the devil's up on the screen, but I'm going to go somewhere else. Hang on with me, a Second John, uh, uh, Spencer. You can use that in a second. I asked, uh, The Bible says he's not, he's the author of confusion. That's, a, that's an odd thing. He's the author of confusion. Doesn't say he's the author of fear, he uses fear but he's the author of confusion. Wow. What's confusion? Well, it's in a general sense, a mixture of several things promiscuously. Hence, disorder, irregularity, that's the confusion of tongues that babble. It's tumult. It's want of order in society. Folks, are you seeing this? Yeah, yeah, he's the author of this. The devil is the author of everything we see going on here. Look, the whole city was filled with confusion. God is not the author of confusion. It's a blending of confounding, indistinct combination opposed to distinctive or perspicity. as a confusion of ideas. It comes in the form of abasement and shame. Oh Lord. Let me never be put into confusion. We lie in shame, and our confusion covereth us. It's an astonishment, an agitation, a perturbation, a distraction of the mind. It's an overthrow, a defeat, a ruin, a shameful blending of natures, and a shocking crime. In other words, confusion at its very heart is the inability to see and follow and obey the truth. I'm confused. Which way do I go here? I'm I'm lost, honey. Which way do we go? What road is that we take? I'm confused. And if you're confused, you don't know which road to go down. You don't know which path to take. And look around America and ask yourself, isn't that it? Isn't that it? Satan lies and confuses. That's all he does. Like I said yesterday, what if we could just go to those last six Ten Commandments? And just follow, pull up those back up there, Spencer, if you, or if you can real quick. The Ten Commandments. This is good. This is really good. Ten Commandments. We know We know what the first four are. Four first four commandments have to do with our, our relationship with God, right? I'm the Lord thy God. Well, we'll get them up here in a second. There they are. The first four, look, all have to do with your relationship with God. You have no other gods before me shall not make any graven image or any likeness. Thou shalt not take the name of the Lord in vain and remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Boom, those all four have to do with our relationship with God. So let's say people don't want to follow God. Okay, let's just remove the first four, although it wouldn't be possible. But let's try to appease them say, okay, we won't teach the first four, but we're going to teach the next six. Because if we teach the next six, we ain't going to have nearly the problems I have. What if we talk to every American child in American schools? Number five, honor your father and mother, that your days may be long upon the earth. Don't kill. Don't commit adultery. Don't steal. Don't lie. Don't bear false witness against your neighbor. And don't covet what your neighbor has. What if we just taught those six things? Would a lot of the confusion disappear? I believe it would, wouldn't it? Because the Bible says, can two walk together unless they agree? Well, How do you walk together with somebody who thinks that a little boy can be a little girl? How do you walk in that? You can't. And so what happens is we see the author of confusion get involved and distract us and program TV and program media and program the news and program everything with lies. Because what do lies do? What do lies do, Clay? They cause confusion. They cause confusion. And this is where the church, in my opinion, has most dropped the ball, is we are not purveyors of truth anymore. We do not stand up and when homosexuality comes into the church, we don't know whether we're supposed to rebuke it or love it. Somebody say amen. That's our confusion. Do Christians love homosexuality or do Christians confront homosexuality? Do Christians love government or do Christians oppose government? Do Christians love marriage or do they believe in divorce? There's confusion. And so what happens is Christians go to their brand of hamburger. They go to their hamburger joint where they know what the food is so that they can eat that food and feel good about themselves because they've been to church, but they ain't no more Christian than the cow they just ate. Why? Because he's he's confused. And the devil lie, kills and steals and destroys, but he doesn't really. He, he confuses the shepherd. He brings confusion to the shepherd. And the shepherd feeds up the poison. And the shepherd doesn't see the bear. or uh, I'm sorry, the shepherd sees the wolf coming. No, no, the shepherd doesn't talk about those issues because he doesn't want to see the wolf. He's trying to avoid the wolf. And as a result, uh, um, American Christianity is confused. Oh, I got so many stuff I want to sh- show you, but I feel like I'll shut up for a minute because I, w- I want to talk to you today. I, I really want to, maybe in the next couple of days, even go try to do it. Try to. Okay, I heard you, Lord. Go to number five. Go to number five, Spencer. Number five. Then I'm going to open it up. Eileen, Joe Clay. Hang on, I'll be right with you. Number five. Hmm. What What is number five? Oh yeah. It's a book of Jude, right? And again, beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith, which was once delivered to the saints. Next one, slide down. Why? Why? Because there are certain men who crept in unawares who were before of old ordained to this condemnation, ungodly men who brought confusion. They brought confusion. And the pulpits today are bringing confusion. Do we fight homosexuality or love the homosexual? Well, we can do both. I mean, we can do both. But we cannot love the homosexual in his sin and tell him it's okay. So they told us not to judge. They lied to us and told us that don't judge. Who are you to judge? And we believe that. And as a result, we no longer stand and speak the truth. Because they've changed the truth of God into a lie and they worship the man in his sin more and than they ever, ever, God who said, don't do it. Boom. That's what we're dealing with. And the enemy the enemy has been really really effective with that but see he has that. this is so important for us to understand the devil only has the power over you that you open the door to if the devil whispers in your ear i can go in that room and i can get on my computer and i can look at pretty women if the devil plants that in your head or your carnal nature plants that in your head, the truth of the matter is you can say, no, He don't have any power. It's gone. See, the lie is you can go do that and it won't bother you. You can go do that, right? That's always a lie. See, sin always begins with wrong thinking. Well, like Jesus said, take captive every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bring it into captivity. In other words, you should say to yourself, when you're getting ready to do something, you should say to yourself, Lord, should I do this? And he will tell you. And then you got to decide whether you're going to listen to him or not. Right? And you know what we see out in, in the world? We see a lot of people who are hurt from religion because they get a mixed message from the church. Hey, Chad, somebody give me a thumbs up. I gonna say, yep, coach, that's it. Say, hey, coach, I know a bunch of those kind of people. They don't want anything to do with religion. I know a bunch of them. By the way, <laughs> me too. I don't want anything to do with religion. I, I want to do that holy place. I want that old Sunoco station. Huh? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want that locker room where one time the Lord spoke to me. I, I want that place back. I want that place back when I married my wife, that holy moment when I married my wife. I want that place. I couldn't care less about going to church. Sorry, I couldn't care less about it. Because every time I'm tempted, or you're tempted, with something that, I, I, just, I, I just saw this yesterday. Who Who is it about? Lord, bring that to my remembrance, if you could, real quick. Look, I'm tempted like everybody else is. But I know this. If I do some things that I'm tempted to do, just like you guys, look at the people I'm going to impact. When the news breaks, and I have to ask myself every day, do you, you, don't you really want to risk that? You really want to risk that? And do we ask ourselves that, or do we believe the lie that we're never going to get—we're never going to get caught? We'll get away with it. We'll get—we'll get It's just a small thing. Nobody's—nobody's nobody's going to notice. Nobody'll see. I can't remember who this famous. They're muddying some guy over something. So st- It'll come to me. Come on in, Joe Allen. I'll find it here. Boy, boy, boy. i sit sitting here thinking, Coach, 37 years with my wife now, this today, and the failures and the commitments that we went through. Mm. Not only has the church failed us, Parents have failed their children. Amen on that one, dude. (laughs) We will not have what went on this weekend in Chicago. Amen. Meaning what, Joe? That we have failed the church and the parents have failed our children in the Ten Commandments. Okay, that's right. The six of them. (laughs) Even the six of them, right? You don't have to love God to not steal, you don't have to love God to be taught not to lie, right? Boy, they, they, whew, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. See, there's no righteousness expected. And look, I'm not talking about religiosity. I'm not talking about a form of godliness. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking, as as Leighton wrote, that holy place where the Lord spoke to me and, whew, I don't know about you, I can list off about 10 of them right now, 10 times, where the God spoke to me and it wasn't in church, folks. It wasn't in church. And so we have to, Uh, get past this thought in our mind that we go to church and realize we are the church. Do you guys have any idea what would happen? What you guys would think if you found out I had a girlfriend on the side. you have any idea? But somebody told me, you'll never get caught, coach. You'll never get caught. Well, first of all, I love my little wife too much to ever do that to her. I'd rather be castrated than to do that to my wife. But you have to reach that point well, you say, "No, I ain't going to do that. I'm, I'm not going to do that. By the way, I'm not going to agree to go along just to get along. I ain't going to do that either. I'd rather have my penis cut off and do that too, to compromise truth. I'm not going to do it."
3: Okay, stuff from me Silver.
0: Go ahead, Susan. You're in here. Go ahead. I didn't hear what you said. Play.
5: Satan, to me, seems to be the orchestrator of temptation. Just lies. Lies,
0: deception, and fear that leads to And, deception. you know,
5: John the Baptist, Coach, he, uh, th- one of his main messages was repent, and that's something that's not popular in the churches. You can listen all over the Internet, and there's yep. not a lot of messages on repent.
0: Uh-uh. Uh-uh. No, sir. Not only that, Clay, I hate to say it again. It says repent and be baptized, <laughs> for those of you out there who haven't. Repent and be baptized. Have you done both, right? No, because see, the devil comes to us and brings confusion. He says, ah, you don't really have to do that. Look, the, hey, the thief on the cross, he went you had baptized. You don't have to. Well, are you a thief on the cross? <laughs> are, are, you, are we talking about salvation or are we talking about obedience? Was the thief on the cross saved? Well, the Bible said, this day you'll be with me in paradise, whatever that means. So, Evidently so. But I think that was the exception, not the rule. If he tells you, uh, repent and be baptized. Probably ought to do it. Yeah, probably it should. Like,
5: uh, lead us not into temptation would be repent and then deliver us from evil would be be baptized.
0: Well, whatever. Whatever. I'm not trying to be legalistic because we've got to be careful. Legalism loves to creep in. Devil uses legalism as well. Craig, come on and then Alan.
3: Well, the first thing, thinking, uh, does is he says there is no God and there is no accountability in this in this world that we live or in the universe that there's never there's never going to be a calling of all the injustices and that's we would live in a very woeful state if there was never a calling to make just of all the injustices uh, that have happened over time the other thing that he does is he doesn't come in 180 degrees what he does is he comes in two degrees in other words you know, coach, you went to uh, Wisconsin the other day. Well, if you were two degrees off from your house to the end of your driveway, you'd still be, you know, you'd still be on your driveway. If you were two degrees off and you went to Wisconsin, you wouldn't be in Wisconsin, would you? <laughs> no. It's 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 the longevity of being off just a few degrees from the true word of what God has spoken in. Amen. And Amen. before you know it, you're so far off you can't even find where truth was. And that becomes your new truth. That's where we're at right now in this country. We have longed for fifty to seventy years, two percent away from truth, and we can't even put our hands on. It.
0: <laughs> we we can't, man. We can't. The truth is obvious to us. The Bible says that's obvious. So we're we're without excuse. Lay, uh, I just sent you something, Spencer. I want you to pull it up here real quick because here's what I was talking about. I asked Holy Spirit to bring it to my remembrance. Uh, Maybe it's no big. Maybe it's no big deal to you guys. Uh, Brian Hartline, who's the uh, he's the offensive coordinator at Ohio State University, All right? This is how the devil works. Look at this. Ohio State coordinator Brian Hartline was drinking before crash. Sheriff's report says. I'm thinking, dude, this guy's look. This guy's got like a he's number one with a bullet, man. In the coaching thing. He's going to be a head coach. He's only thirty-some years old, 36 years old. Are you kidding me? He's the greatest coach at Ohio State and probably could have already been a coach someplace else. And I look at this headline. Look at this headline. Put that back up there, Spencer. Headline, hang on, Alan, I'm coming. Ohio State coordinator Brian Hartline was drinking before a crash, Sheriff, Sheriff reports that. And Then you read it. He was riding a four-wheeler out in his yard. He was riding a four-wheeler in his yard. The heck is that? He owns a big farm. He's out riding a four-wheeler on his farm and probably hits a bump and gets thrown off and he's hurt. Oh, he was drinking. See what they do? See how the the, the devil lies? You see how the devil kills and steals and destroys? See how that works? Hey, Alan, you're a smart enough guy. Think this is gonna hurt his coaching career? Think this is gonna hurt his coaching career? You think he's ever gonna shake the fast that he was drinking and driving? No, no, he was riding a four-wheel.
5: Come on in, Alan. Hey, Coach. Yes, it's a shame. If people don't dig in deeper and check everything out, they'll get a warped.
0: Well, the media knew thinking. that, too, didn't it? The media knows oh, yeah. people aren't going to dig in deep. They're just going to read the headline. Oh, he's a oh, drunk, yeah. huh? Oh, yeah, go ahead. Alan.
5: No doubt about it. Now, I was just going to hit that thief on the cross for a minute because I get into the tangles on Facebook with these folks, and you know. Do we really want to be the thief on the cross? Do we really want to get our our back beat till our guts are hanging out? Do we really want to be spiked to a tree? And so, you know, you got people that can't even just repent nowadays, and these folks want to be like the thief on the cross. It just doesn't make sense. But the bottom line is, Coach, the thief could not be saved. Peter could not be saved because the blood hadn't been on the mercy seat yet. Amen.
0: That's right, brother.
5: So, So Jesus did not ascend into heaven right away. He he even said, I'm going to be three days and three nights in the the heart of the earth. So the thief went to Abraham's bosom. He didn't go to heaven. He didn't go to heaven. He went to paradise. He went to
0: paradise.
5: (laughs) He went to paradise. That's Abraham's bosom. So that's where he went. And then he heard the best three messages or however however long the the Lord preached, whatever he did down there. The thief got to see the best of the best. (laughs) And then he got to ascend with the king. So all these folks that wanna be like the thief, do they real do they wanna get whipped with a cataline tail? Yeah, lastly. Do, right. yeah. Yeah. do they want to be spiked?
0: Yeah.
5: Yeah. Do they wanna go through they you can't even get somebody to stand up against abortion nowadays, but they wanna be like the thief on the cross. (laughs) we don't even know what we're thinking coach
0: that's right that's right they they won't. they won't even be whipped at the abortion clinic will they they won't even be abused (coughs) at the abortion clinic
5: well i've preached this before coach and i was wrong i preached that you know peter was saved judas was saved but there's no way they could be saved even jesus (laughs) said after you be converted peter Mm -hmm. strengthen the brethren Yes, so he sir. could not be converted until the Lord had ascended and put yeah, blood got on the it, man.
0: boy, 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 Angie, Coach, when you,
5: Coach, when Hang you on. see, when you see that they have after the disciples were filled with the Holy Ghost, you don't see where they fell anymore in the new Testament. They didn't fall anymore. Coach. Yeah. No,
0: Amen. Amen.
5: When he, when he calls us sons of God, we got to realize and understand what he's saying. You know, sons of God was used in the old Testament five times and every time it was used it for, it was for angelic beings. That was in Genesis 6. That was in Dove and two or three places in Job. But it was five times in Old, six times in the New. And every time it's referred to sons of God in the New, it's us, coach. It's mankind. We are sons of God. Once we've been converted, we're sons of God. We're no longer sinners and all this thing saved by grace. No, we're sons of God.
0: Amen. Lies, deceptions, and fear. I wonder how many pulpits are promoting lies, deception, and fear. So, hey, sorry, I, you may be going to a good one. You may be going to a good one. A lot of them out there aren't very good. Angie, come on in.
6: Hey, yeah, I just want to pull it back to that heartline story again. You yeah. know, Tom Susie is an independent journalist. I can't remember who he writes for. I think he's pretty much independent, maybe Ohio News. But um, he had written kind of a similar exact piece, just kind of, quote, unquote, telling you the facts that, yeah, he was out. He had been drinking. It was 1 a.m. He was with another gentleman that was like 40 years old. And, um, and, and and they crash, and then he had a body cam thing from the guys from the police, uh, police's body cam thing, and it showed the whole thing was literally it was upside down, right? So um, yeah. I thought, I kind of thought to myself, you know, listen, me—that's kind of like a regular weekend happening down here in southeastern Ohio, okay? Like like mm. that, people go out, right, have fun right. on the weekends. He was on his own property. I mean, this is just what good old boys do, okay? That's um, right. That's right. I, I don't know. I, I, I haven't had a hard time convicting them because I know many people who have crashed golf carts and side-by-sides and ATVs, and, you know, like all these crazy things. So I just thought, you know, really, they're making mountains
0: out of molehills. So <laughs> I think this is the politics of personal destruction. Well, so how about this? How come they do this to Brian Hartline, but they hide Joe Biden? Why yeah. do they hide Joe Biden since? Yeah. This, look, folks, read this, right? What other thing? Ohio State coordinator Brian Hartline was drinking before Crash. Crash, was, yeah. crash? What crash? Politics, politics of personal destruction. Yeah, did, did he crash into What did he crash into? And the sheriff says it. So you know it's true if the sheriff says it, but it doesn't mention he was out in his field, out on his 40-acre property, riding his four-wheeler on Sunday afternoon, had a few beers. Well, we can argue whether or not y'all would have a few beers, but this is, see, this is personal destruction. It's, it's the devil. It's the, do you think Brian Hartline is it going to take him a while to live this down? This one little time and, oh, my God, God help us. God help us.
4: Yeah, but, Coach, you know, here, here's the problem. Three-quarters of the people reading that article are reading it with a beer in their hand.
0: You
5: know I mean? So, <laughs> yeah. like, so let, <laughs> let he who, you know, be the, without sin
6: uh, throw the first stone.
0: Right, right. But then, right, Look, the, the average person understands it, but we know this, that when he goes to apply for his next job, this is going to be the first thing on the plate. They wanted want him to have to deal with the drinking and driving. Well, he's not drinking and driving. He's on a four wheeler.
5: They're, I mean, they're mad because it wasn't a Bud Light and Biden yeah. drank that Bud Light.
0: They're mad because he's not a transgender, right, or not a homo, or what, what whatever. Oh my god, I got I got kind of off off track here, folks. I'm sorry. Evil men have crept in, right? They've crept in unaware. Craig, go ahead. Well, coach, you
3: know. Uh, When we carry the name of Christ, we need to really watch out what we do. When you read about David, when he uh, slept with Beersheba and Samuel called him out, he said, look, I will not kill you. The Lord's accepted you, but you have directed contempt to the Lord. In other Mm -hmm. words, you knew better and I'm going to hold you to a higher standard. Mm
0: -hmm. We need to
3: understand that when we're especially this stuff that's coming up with saint and con and we're gonna come against the forces of evil we need to understand we need to hold ourselves to the higher standard because the lord does we know better
0: we're, we need to do this craig we need to give no the bible says give no position topos give no position of opportunity to the devil don't Open doors that the enemy is going to be able to use against you. If you have question as to whether or not you should do it, don't do it. Don't do it. If you have a question in your mind, if something goes wrong in here, will this help my case or hurt my case? If it's going to hurt your case, don't do it. That's how the devil gets his folks. Lies.
3: And deception. and if you have a if you have a question, call someone that's willing to give you a review. In a godly fashion.
0: That's right. Say, Coach, you better not be doing that. Coach, look, I, I I hear your heart and I understand, but Coach, it wouldn't look good. It wouldn't look good if it came out, right? See, if it doesn't look good when it comes out, you can spend your whole life trying to explain what you were doing, and it ain't going to matter, because that 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 arrow has already been formed and fired, and it hits you.
6: Hmm?
0: Oh yeah, lies, deception, fear. Mark.